All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. I just drank a soda. Just giving you a heads up. I don't know what's going to come out of me. You know that feeling where you're like, that was refreshing. I just drank that soda really fast. And then all of a sudden, the entire air content of the soda comes out mid-sentence. But I'll, I'll cut it out. I'll, that was a quiet one. I think we can live with that. I don't know, folks. I do know that uh, Rosebud Baker is on the show. She's a comic. Uh, she opened for me a couple years ago in Toronto. I, I remembered her because she's got a special out, and the, the, the name came up. And I'm like, how do I know her? Uh, well, she just released a special. It's on Comedy Central. And uh, she's in this new upcoming Hulu series with Amy Schumer. And she's, you know, she's a recovery person. She's got the uh, the recovery tale. But she's also the granddaughter of James Baker III. Satan. I can't tell you, during the first Bush presidency, first president, the, the dad, how obsessed I was with James Baker III. Chief of Staff. George H.W. Bush, he was the chief of staff for Reagan. He had cabinet positions under Ford and Reagan, Bush, all of them. He also ran the 2000 presidential recount for the Republicans. We all know how that went. But I was obsessed with this guy and the Carlisle group and, you know, the big global conspiracy. That was before conspiracies were hot and righty. They were kind of uh, off the grid and lefty. But James Baker held a prominent position as one of the major Satans. And I think arguably he was still alive. So I imagine I say something to her about that, about being the granddaughter of Satan. Now, what if her family's listening to this? Her dad or maybe James? I'm sorry, man. You managed the world. You didn't do a great job. Scary, powerful person. Please don't have me killed. Please, all right? I'm just, it's back in the day, right? It's back in the day. So my birthday was good. I had a nice day. A lot of people called to wish me a happy birthday. Um, I got, did I get presents? I got a couple of presents. I don't need to talk about it. My present to myself came, my Stratocaster, which is great. I played at the end of this show. I got to get my, wrap my, I got big, meaty fingers my dumb meaty fingers on that little neck tricky but it's doable i'm getting the hang of it 58 years old i keep thinking about that 58 both my parents are still alive and i'm 58 they had me when they were children i'm almost 60 i gotta get through the 50s I got a superstition about it. I got to get through my 50s. So listen, Rosebud Baker, her Comedy Central stand-up special Whiskey Fists can be seen in full on Comedy Central's YouTube channel. She also hosts uh, two podcasts, Devil's Advocate and Find Your Beach, which you can get wherever you get podcasts. And I remember when I met her, the night she was opening for me, I thought she was pretty tough. Like, I decided, like, she's hard somehow. She's tough. 
something, you know. And then I talked to her. I don't, I don't know if that's true. She's, it's a, she's got a dark sensibility, which, you know, I appreciate. And I think I mentioned uh, enough that uh, she's the granddaughter of Satan, James Baker III. Yeah. Yeah, imagine that. But uh, I enjoy talking to her. This is me talking to Rosebud Baker. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Virginia. Virginia? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. you're not Texan. Nova. Nova, Virginia? Yeah, Northern where, where, Virginia. Oh, Northern So, like, Virginia. I went to high school, like, right next to Langley. Oh, really? Yeah. So you were close to D.C.? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, uh, but like, I have to get it out, out, get out ahead of this mm-hmm. that, uh, your grandfather, yeah, James Baker, right, the third, James uh, Baker, he's the third, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was, I, when I was more conspiratorially minded, mm-hmm. uh, we I all was, were, we all had a phase, yeah. When I was, <laughs> and it was when Bush Sr. was in office, I was, I was sure that your grandfather was the Antichrist, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I there's been times when I've still been sure that my grandfather's the Antichrist and that he passed it on to me. Oh really? Like, there's like a But you're like a more progressive Antichrist. Yeah, I guess so. I don't even know what I am now. No. I don't know. I feel I just like he was like one he's a monumental kind of like by the time he was with George Bush Senior, like he ran the world. Yeah. And he was with Nixon and or no, he was with he was Ford with Reagan. and Reagan. Reagan. Yeah. Just Reagan and uh and Bush. I don't. Oh, really? He didn't. He wasn't. Uh, he might have been. I, he might have been okay. involved with Ford, but as far as I know, he never touched the White House until Reagan. Oh, really? That's what I thought. Now, we, well, well I, mean, I can check, but it's. I believe you. I, but you I, should I, check. All right, I feel. Don't like, believe me. Like I, you should I do check. Feel like he was like Lieutenant uh, something uh, with Ford, like Commerce. By the way, this is a very common occurrence where somebody mm. will bring up my grandfather and then prove to me that they know him better than I do. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I just remember, you know, thinking this is, he was. This uh, is very common. <laughs> but now, wait. When you were growing up, so he was just grandpa, or what? Yeah, he was just my grandpa. Um, I mean, I I knew that he was very important. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, like I got that sense just from the way that my uncles acted around him. Yeah, and now, the way he, that. Well, so how was he, your grandfather? What? Let's see. Let's see. Wait, he's wait. my dad's dad. Um, he's your dad's dad. Yeah. Okay, United United States Under Secretary of Commerce in the Ford administration. Oh shit. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. So your dad's dad is that guy. Yeah, my dad is James Baker the 4th. What's your dad do? My dad's a lawyer, like uh-huh. a corporate lawyer. He's yeah. retired now. He just retired. And you have like a, a million sisters? I do. I have uh four sisters, three that are surviving. I have one sister that passed away. Right. Like young. Yeah. 7. Seven. Yeah. Oh, so you didn't know her? Mm. I didn't. I didn't know her. No. <laughs> I mean, it, when you break it down, <laughs> I never. I never really knew her. You didn't know whether she liked kittens or anything. Yeah. I uh, mean, she how was, old were you? I was seventeen when it happened. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. So yeah. you knew. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so. That's the most appropriate response I've yeah. ever gotten what? because it's not hard to die. It's yeah. so much harder. To watch someone die yeah. than it is to actually die. Yeah. Most people go, oh, she she died? I'm so sorry. Yeah. And I'm like, well, she's fine. Right. No, I- You I, know yeah. what I mean? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I've experienced that, that recently. Death kind of, 
it, it, it definitely fucks your head up. Yeah. You know, when you see it happen. Yeah. But so you were, but I didn't know by watching the special that you were already like a teenager. So you knew yeah. the, the baby. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was like there. I mean, it happened at a graduation party for my high school graduation. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. People are like, how did you become a comic? I'm like, I just, and then I just have to tell them like the background. So, you, so the party's going on and it's like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, oh, but no. here's the thing. I had left to go to a different party mm. because I thought it was a better party. And frankly it was because nobody died, but yeah. like, right. but like I was there and all of a sudden I heard on the phone that like my sister, something had happened to my sister. And then all of a sudden my other sisters were getting dropped off with me. And then I was like, Oh, something really bad happened. Yeah. It's like that gut feeling. You yeah. Get, you know, yeah, when something is, uh, very wrong, <sighs> yeah. you know, it's just, ugh. I, so how, what is the age difference? How, what's the spread on the sisters? So I'm the oldest. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then, uh, my younger sister is, uh, I guess she's two years younger than me. Right. Not quite, yeah. but almost two years younger. Yeah. Then six years yeah. younger, and then ten years younger. Right. So she was a twin. Oh, um, oh my god. My sister who passed away, she she had a twin. Uh, identical. Uh, fraternal. Uh huh. Was so, that must have been so? That must have destroyed the family. Yeah. I mean, it happened in tandem with my parents getting separated and then divorced, and then because of that. No, they were separated first. Yeah. And then she died, and yeah. then um, my dad and my mom just... I think my dad brought his new girlfriend to the funeral, Yeah, is what happened. Yeah. Or she was there, and we didn't know about her. Yeah. But then I found out that she was at the funeral. Yeah. So that was how I found out that my dad was now seeing someone new. Oh, my and God. And it was like this whole... That's I was fucking... just like, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, So did you grow up in a normal way? Were you, were, I mean, yeah. were these good people? I mean, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say normal. I would say typical. You typical know? what? Like typical. I don't really think that anybody grows up in a normal way. Well, I mean, I, but, granted. And, and also your grandfather at the time, did you go to the White House and shit? Oh, yeah. So that part was not typical. But like, I mean, going to like hunt Easter eggs at the White House was not typical. But in my child mind, I was just going to like where my granddad worked. Right. I didn't No, Right. I wasn't like impressed with right. any of it or yeah, yeah. I didn't see it as like this is status was something that I never fully grasped. But did you like hang out with the Bush grandkids? And yeah. Like, so you knew like mm -hmm. all of them. Yeah. And when they would come over, they would come over with like. Uh, security to your house to my house and yeah. so they would have like this the secret service outside of my house right if if hw or the kids one of the kids came mm -hmm. i don't know what the age difference is but they're all older yeah 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 so that was part of your life yeah that was dealing just... with the 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 new world order yeah it was just part of my life and it was and it was so normal in the way that it was all that I had. It was all that I knew. Right. But, yeah, I mean, but you did, you didn't go to public school, right? I did. You did. I'm so you must have the cut only a little one, shit. I'm the only one who went to public school. Why? Um, did you, were you just a disaster? Or? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, to be honest, in school I was. In school I was a disaster. Yeah. But I wasn't like... Um, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't a good student. I never liked school. And... Uh, I don't know why 
I was the one that went to public school because I probably could have used a private school education. Yeah. Like I could have really used the, the attention. Right. But I just didn't. And I just, they basically found a program for me where I got to go practice acting for half the day and then go to school, regular yeah. school for the other half. Yeah. So I just did that. I just went to, I went to school uh, for creative stuff and then yeah. I went to normal school. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And that was like my day. What, you, what was the creative stuff? It was just acting. I would just go. So there was practice. a separate school? Yeah. It was this weird, it was this arts program yeah. that Fairfax County ha was doing. Yeah. And for students that were really particularly interested in the arts, we would go and, and practice whatever uh, craft we wanted to. And you for, were acting. For half the day. Yeah. And then we would go. Well, that's like, nice. Yeah. It was great. I mean, I... I truly, to this day, still lack any formal education, like knowledge, because none of it, I none of it got in. <laughs> like, like it just didn't like, hit uh -oh. any place in my brain that where it was like, okay, it'll stick. Government history, I, yeah, all of it, yeah, math, Ma nothing. math. I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm, I'm disabled sure, when it comes I, to that. I, I can divide and. Uh, add and subtract and, and multiply but when it, when it comes down to fractions or decimals no so see that's the fancy letters stuff. you're saying letters. the hard stuff is hard for you <laughs> i'm talking about what i'm talking about when i get a check mm. and i have to figure out the tip i have to show it to someone else and i have to like count on my fingers three times to figure out what like, but there's a trick with the tip in terms of i know yeah. i can't remember it <laughs> I can't, it's been taught to me a million times. I can't, yeah. it doesn't go in. Like when I read numbers, yeah. anything having to do with numbers, like taxes, I mean, I'm doomed to, if I ever make enough money to like buy a house, I'm going to go broke. Yeah. Because it's, I don't get it. Like. Well, you got to, you got to hire somebody. To yeah. To do the, yeah, the numbers for you. I know. But the trust issues is the problem. There. Well, yeah. But <laughs> eventually you're going to have to trust somebody. I know. Yeah. I know. But so you were acting in high school. But like, are you a disaster? Because I mean, I watched the special. It seems to me at some point you became a, a disaster. Yeah, yeah. I was really uh, not good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to be I rude. No, I didn't stick out. I didn't like, I wasn't able to blend into other people's like agenda in, in a way that you have to in order to survive in public school. Like, like give me an example. You were a complete outlier. Wait, now, first of all, tell me. I met you because you opened for me in Toronto. Yeah. But yeah. was that, how did that happen? Was it part of the festival? That was like, uh, yeah. What, why I think were was, we both there? I think it was the festival. Right. It was like that that Toronto just for laughs. Right. Right. Yeah, okay. JFL 42. That's right. what it's called. But not Montreal. And you were around and I was in, mm -hmm. and you came in through there. And I was like, where the fuck was this? How, I didn't know you. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember thinking you were great, and I was like, where did you come from? Where'd, how'd that happen? But all right, back to not fitting in. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, there wasn't really a group for me, you yeah. know? Like, so you had no friends? No. I mean, I had friends, yeah. but they were all just like, we were potheads. Sure. And our whole thing was like, we don't care about everybody else. We're cooler than them because we don't care. Yeah. Just sort of that like apathy yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. And um I tried when I first got into high school, I was part of the cheerleading squad. Really? Yeah, because so I was you're like a fallen cheerleader? Yeah. I was oh, benched. I was benched, benched from the cheerleading for squad. For what? 
I made a joke that was like not good, and somebody I I don't even remember what the joke was, but you it was do. it was no, I really don't. All I right, really right. don't remember the Wait, joke. What, how was it? In what area was it not good? It was. It, <laughs> how it was, was it insensitive? In the in the uh, in the Jewish area, oh, I was the, like this. The anti-Semitic. It was area. the anti-Semitic area, right? <laughs> okay. And I made this joke at sure. one of the captains of the cheerleading squad, who was Jewish. Who was Jewish? All right. And uh, essentially, I was benched for like. A couple of games, which hmm. obviously didn't make any difference. Because but did that make you they... uh, hate the Jews more, or <laughs> did you, did you, <laughs> or did you learn your lesson about being anti-Semitic? No, I learned my lesson. Okay. They're very powerful people. <laughs> <laughs> we own the world. We run it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, they can just take it away. Your dad was. Your grandfather was working for the big Jews. Yeah, he was like, yeah. don't fuck with the Jews. Yeah, the Zionist uh, occupied government. Yeah. <laughs> And I remember getting getting benched and being like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. Like realizing that and that I never wanted to do it in the first place. It was one of those things where my whole life, when I don't want to do something, I'll yeah. find a way to fuck, fuck it up, it up. Yeah. so I don't have to. I'm sort of the same way. Like it, it's a, uh, it's it's not a good thing. I know. I mean, I think it is because it's well, like it's, it's self-protective, but there's easier ways to do it. Yeah. You could do it with making less of a mess by just going, hey, I don't want to do this. Right. As opposed to be in the middle of it and go, like, I'm going to burn this down. Right. And yeah. it's also like having to take a moment before I say yes to something to go, do I really want to do this? Oh, yeah. Or is this something I feel for no reason like I have to do? Well, it's not for no reason because, like, I mean, I was the same way as you in a, when I was in high school in that, I, you know, I, I knew everybody and I could move through groups. But the reason you, you do it is because you want to be part of things. Right. Like, it's impulsive to be like, you know, oh, somebody wants me. Yeah. So, okay, I'll do it. Right. And then you're like, oh, fuck. This yeah. is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's I've done that with relationships over and over again. Yeah. For me it's like a it's like a a feeling of obligation that the world might fall apart if I don't say yes to this. You know what I mean? Your it's, world. It's yeah, it's no theirs. It's like I think I'm god. Oh, oh, oh. On oh. some level where I'm like, "Oh, if yeah. I don't appease this person, everything in there like it, it could just You're ruin that their day." Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's so self-centered and huh. it's such bullshit yeah. and uh, I'm trying to get better at it. But like you know, I I recently got married and that that's going? been that's another thing where it's like I'm not a good wife in that I I like I love my husband, but mm. I don't love the obligation. Like I don't think oblig like yeah. obligation has nothing to do with love, you know, like but it has whole, everything uh, to do with marriage. You don't you don't like the whole wife part. You love your husband, but the wife part you know. It, it's listen, when we're arguing and he brings up he's I know he's losing the argument when he goes, You're my wife. Mm. And I'm like, if you were winning this argument, you wouldn't. Br you would not bring our marriage. You wouldn't into claim this. ownership. Yeah, you wouldn't do this. Th this bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Where I'm like, I know that I like I married you because I love you, mm. and but I'm still my own person, mm. and you're your own person. And if we're gonna have an argument, at least come to me trying to make me see your side without going. But I own you. Yeah. <laughs> like it's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. so. It's a it's a challenge for me. It uh, is like a, but what is that though? It's it's not really narcissism, and it's not it's selfish, but it's more of a the fuck is it? You you preemptively feel guilty. It's a god complex. I think is it? At, at its I core, I really? think it is. Yeah, because it's so you a, think you have that much impact. But for me, when if I think about why I do that, it's just like I automatically assume 
that they're going to be compromised in some way. Not that I, you know, I am, I play that big a part a role in their life, but the rejection, it's a projection right. of what the rejection will feel like if I felt it. Okay. So that's, I feel like, isn't that abandonment? Isn't that an abandonment issue? Yeah. It's some sort of boundary codependency kind of thing. Because like behaviors... You can have two people doing the same behavior. You don't want to disappoint people. Right. But that's, it's like, so? It's like, what, why yeah. do you think that you have that much power over someone's? I think it's a projection. You, yeah. It must be abandonment on your side. I, I don't care if they abandon me. If they abandon no, me, I, I mean, feel better. No, but I mean, you better. must have feelings about, you know, some sort of hurt feelings about something. It's no? more of like a, uh, it's like, if I don't say yes to what this person needs. Yeah they're going to fall apart. So it's and then I'm going to feel guilty later. Right. Because I ruined their life. It's all at its core. It's all being raised whole... by children. Yeah. Who yeah. didn't know how to No, yeah. Like, I I had that same experience. Your parents were children. Yeah. Yeah. I mean they the were worst, yeah. children. Yeah, I I say about my parents I say that I, they don't really function as parents. They're just these people I grew up with. Yeah. I think that way about family yeah. in general. I in just, general, some people have good parents. Sure, I mean they say they do. But that, I never but, believe them. But but I'm it, always just like you are fucked. No, I know. <laughs> no, but I, I believe that some people have at least grounded people. Wait, you know what I mean? That there are parents that were selfless enough and yeah. grown up enough to understand the obligation of yeah. parenting. Right. You know. I. Yeah. And and that enables people to have some better sense of self than I do. Yeah. You know, but I feel like if anyone fully understood the obligation of parenting fully, they yeah. would never have kids. Well, yeah, but that—that's like neither. That's another. That's another argument. You're right. <laughs> you, you know, we're getting into. No, no, no. I'm weeds. just saying that, like, I don't have them, and yeah. I don't feel bad about not having them. Yeah, and I don't think about. It's not on principle. Yeah. I'm not like you know, like my parents did this or that, so I'm never gonna have kids. Right. I'm just selfish and uh, panicky. Yeah. And full of dread. And I'm like, I don't, you know, and, and I'm fine with that on my own, but I don't need to. And people ask me, like, don't you ever get lonely? I'm like, I do, but I never think, like, a kid would, you know. I think that's the opposite of selfish, Mark. Oh, I think yeah. that's like. I'm helping the world? Yeah. I think <laughs> oh, you good. acknowledging all of that and going, I'm not going to do that to someone. Yeah. Is the most selfless thing. And I feel like kids or people that don't have kids, they get called selfish all the time. But every person I know with kids, it's like the world revolves around their life. Like it's I don't. And also it's like they're not. It's I don't know, man. You know, like I'm, I don't begrudge anybody kids and I don't have anything against kids. Yeah. But, you know, it is a choice. Yeah. And, and for some reason, a lot of people just think like automatically we're going to have them. Right. It's like you don't have them. It's just part of the life script. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I don't. And I understand it's part of the animal script, but we're not dogs. Right. We're not running, just sniffing and fucking. Right. You know. So <laughs> most can, of us. Yeah. <laughs> well, some nights are different. Yeah. You know. You know I mean? Sometimes yeah, it's yeah. a Friday. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> so you're growing. You're growing up in in that. But how, but you did you enjoy the acting? I loved it. Yeah. I loved did, it. Did you do it seriously for a while? I or did. What? I I. Since I was a kid, I used to yeah. perform. I would put these big plays up all over the neighborhood and like big productions. Yeah. I'm talking like casts of like 15 kids. Oh, yeah. Full and I stage production. I'd have like a sibling that I didn't like selling tickets. Yeah. And, um, and I just like would make shows and I loved doing that. Yeah. That was like something that I knew I was good at where I stood out in a way that impressed people. And that was really what 
I grew up around is like, what can you do to impress us? Yeah. Um, oh, really? It, it was a very achievement based place. And, and that comes down through your dad? I think it comes down through my dad, but it's also no, Northern Virginia is like the highest concentration of wealth in the country. Well, I mean, what's your what did your mom do? Um, she was an artist. She was a painter. Oh, yeah. Good. Abstract. She's, real. Realistic. Realistic. Yeah. yeah. Um, oil painter. Mm-hmm. She does landscapes. She's, still now she's like killing it. Yeah. She's an incredible painter. Oh, yeah. And she uh, she lives in Maine. She and my dad are divorced. She like bought a house in Maine and Thomaston on the St. George. Yeah. And just paints and is like happy so good i mean i it's so great to see her doing it because she just did a children's book like she's illustrating now and uh but she stopped painting for my whole childhood like she stopped she was a painter when she met your dad yeah she had her own business she was painting she lived Mm. in new york and um and she would do these big murals in businesses around new york city okay yeah and, and then, I think she tried to keep it up through about half of her pregnancy with me and then um, stopped for a little while and then went back to it. But then eventually, like, I remember when the twins were born, all of a sudden her paintings were all in the attic. Hmm. And it was like the saddest thing yeah. to see as a kid who was creative. Yeah. Because I just thought like, oh, I guess that's not something that you do. That's not something that you get can do. Right, right, right. Or it's not, get to it's do. Not, it's not uh, practical. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And your old man was just what he was like. He was uh he was just oh he's like an emotional Fort Knox. Oh really? Yeah. Shut down. Real shut down. Yeah. Huh. Very um and I I recently started reading more about my granddad. To try to understand my dad more. You, do you talk? Can you call your granddad? Yeah, but he wouldn't give me the answers. You know what I mean? I have to read a book to like get. Is the he answers. Texan? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I knew he and my dad. He and my dad and my mom are all from Texas. Okay. And I read uh, Peter Baker's book, "The Man Who Ran Washington." I started reading that book about your grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. To try to get to know my grandfather. How'd that go? Um, honestly, it was really it. It opened up a lot. Oh yeah. I was like, "Oh, oh okay, I get it." Like I I started to see letters that my grandfather's father would send to him, Captain Baker, uh-huh. right? So he would send him these letters at the Hill School. Yeah. Which is where my grandfather went to school and where my two sisters went to school after me. Yeah. But these letters were so I mean, they looked like the letters, the emails that my dad would send to me. You know, they, yeah. they were like, you've been a very satisfactory son. Huh. And obviously, I got an improved version of what that was. But yeah. it was, it was, I would get emails that said like, um, it would be all business. Mm. And then it would be like, love you. And then right underneath that, there would be a confidentiality notice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it always made me laugh. It was like, I love you. Don't tell anybody. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, well, so it was all very, uh, so a little detached. A little detached. But, but encouraging. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that. Mm. I wouldn't say encouraging. Uh, it was always like, I would say something I wanted to do and they would go, what about this instead? Oh, so, right. So it was always like you weren't good enough. It, that's that's how I internalized it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't think that they were ever intentionally sending me that message. And I think that if they knew 
how the message was being received, they probably, I might be giving them too much credit here, but they probably would have changed the way they talked to me. Yeah. But I, I I like to think of it that way so that I'm, I'm not living in resentment throughout Forever. my adult right. life, you know? Well, did your dad get along with his dad? Um, <laughs> I think he had the similar relationship, mm. you know? I think yeah. he had a relationship with his dad that was like, I'm going to try to impress you because that's the way that I can get attention from you. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, it is, it's so funny because my dad, when I was working, trying to be an actress, he would send me like news articles during times oh, yeah. when I was not speaking to him. He would send me these news articles yeah. that were just like, it was like Tina Fey or um, right, look you know, at the people Sarah that Silverman. Are doing things. Yeah. And he would go, he would go, you know, you're funny. You should really be a comic. Oh, really? Yeah. And I, I was, that was the most insulting thing you could have said to me oh, my. at the time. So, wait, I was like, what? so this is after, did you go to college? Yeah. Oh, so it's, at some point you learned something, no? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I learned like- Just not math. Yeah, just not math. I mean, I once I was sent to Emerson, I Oh, you I went learned, to Emerson? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I- well, So it's, you're, that's, an, that's like the college version of the acting program that you were- Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> it wasn't like, right. Especially then too, because Emerson now- I think is a better college than like I'll say Emerson and people go oh Emerson and they know it. Well, back then it was just that one building down on Beacon Street, you know, yeah. like, and then they I think there's another one down off the Commons. Like it's bigger operation yeah. now, and there's might be even one in here. Right. So that started to happen while I was there. Oh, when I was there, it was just that one place. Yeah. Down just down the, on Beacon Street. Yeah. Right. It was yeah. the and then there was the little building. Yeah. Which was but on like, the other side of the green. Right, but not far. Yeah, just right across the Commons. And there was like a oh, I don't guy. Know if there was that building then, like for when I, the way I remember it, it doesn't matter. Like because I knew people that went there, like Dave Cross and people. But I'm yeah. 57. Yeah. And it definitely was not the one at the Commons was not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it really blew up while I, I saw it blow up right after I left, but it was starting the process. What did you it. study there? Did, who was teaching? Were there old comics teaching? No, there was no. I mean, there I was no that, like, comedy program. It was all just like this—the students kind of doing comedy together. Oh, because like there were definitely stand-ups who taught there at times mm-hmm. back in the day. Oh, really? Yeah. What was the curriculum like? You were just doing acting. I was just doing acting. I was in the BFA program. I did acting, and I was a dancer, so I did dance. You do dance? Yeah. Do you, oh, imagine the, how big you could be on TikTok. I know. Do you ever yeah. look at that lady who does the dancing? I, I mean, what do you mean? All the ladies? Like the... the <laughs> For some reason, I've And I've the locked, dads and the kids. I've, no, and I've the... locked into one lady <laughs> on TikTok who, who seems to be the one of the uh, the the original TikTok dancers. Really? Kelodactyl. Okay. The blonde lady. Catchy? No, I don't know what she does. I'm not, I'm not even on TikTok. Am I allowed to vape see, in here if yeah, it's go nicotine? Ahead. Okay. I don't care. Um, and I, I don't like I don't know why, but like she uh like I'll watch her little dances <laughs> on Instagram and I'll be like, that was fun. You know, I think about that. I think about like how She's a blonde lady. If I had just I have no idea who she is. There's there's I'll show no you way. Later. And I don't use TikTok because I, I don't either. I don't know what it is. It's for it's for children, right? Twelve year olds. Yeah, something. I was talking to do you know Cypher Sounds? Cypher Sounds? Yeah. No, what's that? He's he's a he's a DJ and a comic. Yeah. That he's he's at the cellar in New York a lot. And he was I was ran into him on the steps of the VU. And he goes, I'm uh I go, what's the matter? He goes, I'm in TikTok jail. Oh. And I was like, You're forty. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck is going on? 
Yeah. How is this happening? Anyway. Yeah. How, how was it happening? Uh, he's, I don't know. I mean, he's like, this is the problem with like my generation specifically. It's like we don't, we cannot accept that we're like getting older. I think, I think your you? generation a little wrong? bit too. You don't have to answer me. No, I can answer. It's 36. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I, for a while I was like, I'm not going to say how old I am. Yeah. And then I just thought, fuck that. I can't deal with it anymore. Like yeah. I can't deal with, I've lied to so many people about my age yeah. and it's like, I'm just done. Yeah. No. Um, well, I mean, well, that's, I don't know what generation that is. What are you considered? Um, millennial. You're a millennial. Older millennial. Yeah. 36. 36. Yeah. So how much acting and dancing did you do professionally? Um, I mean, basically none. Mm. I, I would, I tried, yeah. you know, I mean, I came to New York and I wanted to be an actor and I studied at William Esper studio and I oh, just, how'd that go? it was good. It was, I think it was the reason I, I, I started there like right when He's I, one of the big guys. Yeah. He was, and he recently passed away. Yeah. RIP. Um, yeah. he is, uh, He's fantastic. He was a great teacher. And we used to butt heads a lot, but I liked that about him. He Over used to, what? Well, he would he would be really supportive of people that I thought were shitty. And I and so yeah. I would I was an asshole right. and you know, I was re, I was like very newly sober and I remember just being like why does why are you saying that that was good? I remember asking like what is it about that that was good? Into the class. Well, he With was the like, person sitting right there. Yeah, he was like, "Do you? Does anybody have anything to say?" And I remember being like, "Yeah, I don't. Why are you saying that that's done? Like, because yeah. oh, right. he gave a couple notes sure. and he was like, does anybody else want to say anything?'" And I was like, "Yeah, well, I don't. I don't understand why you said that's. Yeah. Like, do you just think there? He's not salvageable. Like, I remember. Oh, right, right. Well, you he, can't help that guy anymore. Yeah, yeah. it's a pity thing. Yeah, but, I was yeah. like, because you were really fucking mean to me. Yeah. when I did when I went up. And, you know, you made me sing. That's humiliating. Mm. Like, (laughs) to get into a role. Yeah. And you're just letting this guy do... Off the hook? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember him just, like, standing up and being like, you shut your fucking mouth. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yes. Wow. Yeah. And he was right. Like, that was not... I should not have said that. And he stayed in the class? I did stay in the class, yeah. I was in one of those type of classes where you have the... The, the sort of cult figure teacher and everyone just sitting around watching everyone else work. Yeah. And it's just, it's brutal. And, you know, and it's tedious. And at some point, like, it's interesting that, like, at some point you're like, I've had enough of this guy. Yeah. Talking. Right. Yeah. I think I just got, I think I just got fed up because I was like, I, I did have that level of respect for him. Yeah. But I also, I've always, I haven't ever been really much of a joiner. Yeah. And when I see a lot of people jump on board with something, I just don't, I don't like, I want to challenge that person's expectations that yeah. everyone is going to fall right on the same, you know, party line. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I, 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 I understand if so many people like it, how could it be good? Exactly. Know? And what about me? Right. <laughs> yeah. How am I going to stand out? <laughs> yeah. How come this isn't about me? Right. What did that person do? <laughs> Wait, how old were you when you got sober? I was 23 oh, so at the time. You were in New York like what, two years? Mm-hmm. And you yeah. hit the wall? Yeah. How bad? It was bad. It was like um, blacking out. Um, I used to black out and like run at the edge of my roof trying to kill myself and then would come out of the blackout. I, well, this. How do you know that that's what you did? Because I would come out of this. This happened one time. Okay. I, this wasn't was like an every night occasion. Yeah, yeah, but. Yeah. Um, I came out of this blackout 
and I thought someone was pushing me off the roof, and then I realized that I, I, I pushed back. Oh, you you're, know, you were fighting yourself. Yeah, I was like, oh, I, you I, were trying. I to was push Ace Ventura. I was, or I was a liar, liar. You know yeah, the yeah. scene where he's yeah. like, I'm kicking mm-hmm. my own ass. Right. <laughs> but I turned around, and my ex was like across the roof, like in tears, because he thought that I was like he was just screaming. You know, like terrified. Mm. And I remember turning around and seeing him do that. And I, it never settled in my mind, oh, you were trying to kill yourself. I just went to, why the fuck are you crying? Like, I, I went into like that place yeah. where I was like, I was drinking, you fucking loser. Yeah, like, yeah. And I was like a really uh, violent drunk. Um, and obviously, How I'm 5'3, so I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't exactly a formidable. How long um, had the drinking been an issue? Um, like when, when, if you look back at your inventory, uh-huh. when did you start? Yeah, I mean, right after my sister died was when it started to like escalate. At seventeen. Yeah, it was like she she passed away, and then I, um, once I, I mean, I, I it, it's tricky because. There's alcoholism in my family, so right when I started, I was trying to control it, right? I was like trying- I, You I grew was up with people. alcoholism? Yeah. Yeah. Who? My mom. Oh. And she's she sober. sober? Long time? She, long time. Oh. And uh, never relapsed, always been like consistently sober. But sober when you were a kid? Yeah. Oh, so you didn't know, you didn't know her as a drinker? No, I did, but I was in eighth grade. She got into a DUI accident driving me to- school or to uh ballet class did anyone get hurt mm, she hurt her ankle oh, but okay. like nobody got really hurt but she was drunk she was drunk okay and uh she was falling asleep at the wheel and i remember very vividly asking her if she i remember thinking yeah. it was because she had too many kids <laughs> <laughs> are you tired of having kids i literally was like do you need me to drive yeah. like i asked her if she needed me to drive because i just thought god i'd never seen anybody blackout so drunk yeah and I was like, oh, she is really pushing it. Yeah. And uh, she's got to stop with all these kids. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> They're exhausting her. She's yeah. I was like, sleep at the wheel. I mean, this is crazy. Yeah. She can't even take me to ballet. Yeah. And um, and so she got in that accident and got hauled off in a in a cop car that night and went to jail. Oh. And uh, got sober like right after. What that. happened to you? Did they call your dad or? No, I went home in a cop car <laughs> in my leotard. <laughs> Fucking humiliating. Never got to never got to class, huh? Yeah. Just <laughs> in my fucking ballet slippers and my uh, leotard uh, and my dumb that's where it top happened. bun. That was the moment. Yeah. Climbing out of the squad car in your leotard. <laughs> that's where it all went bad for you. I was like, God damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to spin. Yeah. You know? I I think uh I think that ultimately though, it got really bad when um when I went to college after my sister died and I... But what was the process of, like, was there... How did the family grieve this situation? Did anyone step in? Did you see counselors? Did you do anything? I mean, it's so fucking... I it, mean... It's so awful. It's so profoundly awful. I mean, how the, how the twin turn out? She went to... She finished high school in rehab. <laughs> oh, really? Um, but she also was... She struggled as a kid, you know? Yeah. And um, even... Before her sister passed away, like she was, she was a lot like me yeah. in that she didn't, she didn't fit in. And yeah. so people thought something, sh- people kind of 
deemed her a problem. Yeah. And uh, I'm so close with her. She's yeah. like my favorite person um, in my family. She's the funniest person, hands down, without ever trying you're, to be. Your little sister. Yeah. She'll like come up to me and um, she'll throw a leg up yeah. on the... I remember one time she threw a leg up on the kitchen table while yeah. I'm eating and she asked me if a mole was problematic, but she, no underwear, just full twat. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like in my cereal, in yeah, my yeah. cereal, just <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And to this day, she like has no boundaries like yeah, that. Yeah. And she doesn't, she's not trying to freak you out. She's not trying to, she just doesn't think about that shit. She's earnestly asking you and like, I'm like, put some fucking underwear on. I'm like, you're like a person who was raised in the woods. Yeah. yeah. And then I think about it and I'm like, oh, she kind of was. Yeah. Because she was sent to the woods. She was sent to so many like woodland programs <laughs> to like get her <laughs> shit together. And I'm like, she is a wolf woman. You know? Where did, how'd she end up? Is she all right? She's great. She's Where is uh, she? she is. Yeah, uh, I mean, what's she do? She's a musician oh, okay. and um, and a photographer. She's very talented. Oh, that's she great. lives in Chicago. All right. Um, her name's Jackie Baker. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she's like, she's just my favorite person. She's like so earnest, that's you know, nice. and she struggles, but she's always like, um, and when she does, I we have a little bit of a complicated relationship because she's, you know, I don't want to get too into yeah. her personal yeah, life, but like, but she knows that I'm like always in her corner yeah. you know what i mean like right, i will sure. always like yeah well that's um, good yeah and uh but but what was the the grieving situation i mean like if if you turned to the drink hard i mean like because grief is like tricky man and i have to assume from the sound of your family that it got shut down pretty quickly exactly yeah it was like you can't put grief in the middle of a country club you know <laughs> it doesn't belong there yeah so you uh you learn to shut it down to kind of like deal with it um, in whatever way you know how. For me, it was like running. I just ran from it. I would like literally uh, running. You like chasing like excitement and oh, fun and oh, joy. Right. Okay, and just good times. Right, right, right. So that I wouldn't have to think about that. The aggressive good times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like let's fucking party. Yeah, yeah you know. I right. remember, and it was psychotic the way that I did. I would yeah. like strap on some fucking. Uh, like roller skates and like get on the subway and bar hop yeah. from like just just oh so you made a spectacle of yourself as well yeah oh, no I loved uh, it yeah. I wa- I wanted to <laughs> threaten my own life mm. um and it, more broadly I was just saying I don't care let it all like burn it all down mm-hmm. you know because I don't did you ever like well obviously no I mean but did you ever like through therapy or other ways, you know, were you able to uh, experience the grief? Um, like, did you ever eventually, do any trauma stuff? Yeah, eventually I did. You did. Uh, but that was like six years after I got clean. No, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have therapists that still think I have four sisters. Like, I... Just lie? Yeah, I would just lie. Oh. I would just go in and lie and just be like, I'm not... I, w- I was always going to therapy for someone else because people were begging me to like go to therapy. But as you get older, you start to, do you have a different relationship with it or you don't do it? I love it now. Oh, you do? I love it. So by the time you got to New York, you were well on your way through college yeah. to drinking. Yeah. But then, you know, what what escalated it? I think it was- When you got to New York. What, what was that boyfriend like? 
Um, he was a real caretaker. Oh, so you got that was a good one. Yeah, he was like my nurse. Oh, okay. And uh, he he took he took good care of me or, or tried to, even yeah. though I was like a nightmare. Yeah. And um, what was the question? <laughs> what 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 sort of escalate? What you know? What escalated it in New York? I think in New York it was just the fact that I didn't have any like there was no real structure to my life right, and new yeah. york is such a fucking yeah. playground yeah that time i don't for know your demons it's when like was that was in 2006 that i moved to new york mm. yeah and it was we lived in greenpoint yeah. on the uh on india and mcginnis it was like right next to this trailer that's like still there yeah it just said ass or grass no one rides for free but it was written like a, somebody wrote that with a knife in the yeah. side of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a bumper yeah, sticker. Right. Um, anyway, it was, and it was just a very industrial part of Brooklyn. There was no grass. There was no. So, right. And you're just untethered. You, you don't have to go to college. You don't, you know, you're there completely to do untethered. And I had gone there because, well, I wasn't working. I had gone there because I, after college, I went to Europe with my sister which one? Hallie, she's a nurse now. Okay, yeah. Um, ironically, yeah, and, talk uh, about her and the yeah, special, yeah, yeah, and she uh, she planned this whole trip, right? Yeah. And we went, and uh, my passport got stolen on the trip. I was drunk. I was blacked out. Somebody took my passport, my purse, everything. And I. That's when you call your grandfather. Yes, <laughs> that is the one time I have called. I have gone in and gone, do you know who my grandfather is? And not genuinely been asking, like, yeah. who is he? <laughs> um, but this was, they got me a passport in an hour. <laughs> and my sister was like, you know, you're like a fucking mess. Yeah. And I can't do this anymore. Uh-huh. And I'm just going. Yeah. She just left. <laughs> you in Europe. And I went, cool. Yeah. Fine. And then I just stayed in Europe. And I don't know where I went. Like, mm-hmm. to this day... I don't recall the places that I went oh, wow. to. Yeah. It was truly like a, I don't know how long I was there. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was just blacked out in different countries. Yeah. And I would have to like check my passport from back then but to didn't, know. Didn't you end up in bad situations? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, very bad situations. Um, situations like, Falling asleep on a military training ground um, next to like bullet, like shells, um, shotgun shells. And not knowing how you got there? Not knowing how I got there. For some reason having, I remember burying my belongings at the bottom of that mountain. Yeah. (laughs) Like my CDs and like nice Italian shoes that I'd bought. You had a reason, I imagine. I'm sure I had some sort of logic where I was like, I can't let people take these CDs if I fall asleep up there. Right. So I'm going to make sure that I keep my most valuable things in the hole. In this hole. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like hitchhiking on the side of the road, um, cutting my hair with a knife. Like my hair was cut with knives. How did you not get like, you know, raped and murdered i don't know i mean honestly i could have been i don't well, you didn't i don't have the pro i right. don't have the time yeah and yeah. i don't have the energy yeah. to find out if that happened yeah there's yeah. like sometimes you just don't have time yeah. to figure out if you were raped sure and uh most women kind of know what i'm talking about like yeah. you go in for a massage and you're like was that okay yeah. and you're like i have shit to do <laughs> anyway so 
I, my sister. Is that part of it? That doesn't seem part of it. <laughs> my sister, like, passed me. She would, like, send me money at Western Unions. And then at a certain point, they were like, we're going to stop sending you money. And I was like, okay, fine. They go, you got to come back. You got to go to rehab. I was like, I'll book the ticket. So just send me enough money to book the ticket and I'll come home. Yeah. But I was dating this guy off and on in New York. And he lived in Greenpoint with his metal band. And I, uh, I said to myself, what I'll do is I'll leave most of my belongings here. Yeah. I'll take my stuff on the plane. It'll, I'll book something that stops in JFK and I'll get off and I'll just go to his place. Mm. And so that's what I did. And then he promised my family that he would take care of me and make sure that I went to like group therapy. Group therapy? Mm-hmm. The fuck is that? Nonsense. Oh, I don't even know what that means. I went to a group therapy for women with an eating disorder. It oh. wasn't even like a, I didn't even focus on the real How'd problem. How'd you find that? I just looked it up. Did you have an therapies. eating disorder? Uh, yeah, kind of. I was like, it's an, I have enough of one. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, it, it's I can like, keep drinking. Yeah. I'm like, this I is can. a half truth, yeah. but it's still, right. it's as honest as I'm willing to get. It's, it's, it looks proactive. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So I, I did that and I just like sort of sat there and did these like group therapy sessions, but was drinking more than I'd ever drank. And it was really ramping up and escalating. And all of the damage that I was causing around me was, um, it was quick, you know, oh, you couldn't avoid it. Like what? Just mostly like I was a heartbreaking person to be around. I was really cruel to people around me. Yeah. You seem a little hard. I would, I would fight them. I remember, no, I remember when we worked together, I'm like, she's really funny, but she seems hard. Yeah. I think that it's something that people assume about me, but I, I think I also carefully crafted that on yeah. some level and yeah. I'm trying to get a lot better about it because the truth is I'm like insanely sensitive, you know? Right. So, right. So you pre- you're preemptively mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, nobody's going to hurt me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's that. And, yeah. uh, and I, I just really lashed out at people. I was really angry, really, yeah. really angry. And, um, were you able to track that, trace it? What do you think it had to do with your sister and your it was, family? It was about my sister. Yeah. It was about my parents. Yeah. Um, it was about the the world, how like everything can change yeah. so quickly without yeah. you being prepared for it or knowing anything. Yeah, no, it was, you had no control. Yeah. And then being, you know, going off to college and yeah. just being like, deal with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I like had no, I had no way of dealing with what I'd gone through and no one was telling me like, you just went through a really, really traumatic thing. You should be spending, yeah. you know, I, I'm sure like my mom tried to get me to go to therapy, but she was also like dealing with a divorce and the death of her daughter and all of her and the daughters that were still under her roof. And I was just and anything that she told me to do, I would have been like, fuck off. Yeah. So I just dealt with it. It was like putting a bandaid on a broken arm and just getting back out there. Yeah. And that was like, that was, it. that was it. So what got you, what landed you in rehab finally? Um, I never went to rehab, you actually. Just, you just went to what? Did you I, do, do the thing? I just, I, I drove everyone away yeah. to the point that there was no one else to blame but myself. Mm-hmm. And I was alone. And I remember looking around 
at like my life and yeah. being like, there's no one here that I can point this to. Yeah. Except for me. Yeah. And I, I started uh, doing 12 step groups. I started doing meetings and okay. stuff. And, and that's how I got clean. Oh, that's good. You just did that on your own? I did. Yeah. Wow. In New York. Mm-hmm. That's good, man. So, and then you stayed. You've stayed straight with it. Yeah. All this time. Yeah. yeah. Are you still in? Or do you still go? Or you? Um, I still go. Yeah, yeah I do. I mean, it's over Zoom now, pretty much. So you live in New York. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. When does it go back to? When do you get to go back? I mean, people are still doing in-person meetings now, or they they are. They just started to, oh. um, a couple months ago. But I still just do the Zoom because I'm like I had completely fallen off of them. And then when the pandemic hit, I got back into it because I was like... Wasn't it? Well, I just was like, now is a good time. Yeah, you want to talk to somebody. Yeah. Nice to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now's a good time to like, I have the time to focus on inner health mm. and I might as well do that. And uh, I, a lot of changes were happening. I was falling in love. I was getting engaged and I was yeah. like, I want to walk into this consciously yeah. and not be just doing Another something. Another thing. Yeah. To avoid the thing, right? So, so you got sober in two thousand and seven, eight, two thousand seven, yeah, yeah. And when do you start doing comedy? I started doing comedy in twenty thirteen. The oh. first open mic I did was twenty thirteen. So you're still kicking around as the, the actress was still the dream when no. you got sober. Or no, you, at that point, I I had just like I kind of gave up on acting. I was just like, I don't really want to do this anymore. And um, did you start acting out in other ways after you got rid of the booze? Mm, yeah, for did, sure. Because like when I got sober, I like I immediately got involved with somebody that turned into it just turned into a terrible, terrible thing. Oh, yeah. No, relationships were my number one thing that I did. Yeah. I would get involved with people that didn't want to be involved with me. And then I would. They either didn't want to be involved with me at all, yeah. or they were depending on me in the same way that I depended on the guy who was my nurse. Right, the you metal know? band guy. Yeah. Well, who's the one that you talk about in the special? That sounded terrible. That was bad. Yeah, that was- And that uh, was sober. Yeah. You did that sober. Yes. Um, I did that sober, and I, but I was still very, very sick in a lot of ways. I thought, this guy- clearly is bad news i remember going to therapy and being like i just he had relapsed he was you met him in the rooms no i met him actually through acting okay he was an actor yeah and he had told me that he was sober right and then i learned a couple months later that he was not really sober he was like dry yeah uh. and he was he was just abstaining for Mm. the moment and was eventually going to uh, relapse, and yeah. he did, and yeah. I didn't realize I had never seen alcoholism like that. I had never seen it like that. Like what? Where you see somebody having seizures, um, oh, so you know, withdrawing that quickly. Yeah, he I got, mean, would drink like a quarter gallon a day. Kind he would of go deal. a week, and then he would seize if he if he tried to stop. I mean, it was like, and every single time he, he was drinking just like a gallon of hard liquor a yeah. day. Oh, yeah, 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 like. Like leaving Las Vegas drinking. Really? Like yeah. that? Yeah. I'd never seen it. Um, uh, and I that was the first time I realized, oh, this is like a real disease. This yeah. is a, I never, I understood that concept, but I didn't, I hadn't experienced it. Well, what was, what was your place in that? Why didn't you just get out? I thought, 
in my mind at the time, which is this is also, I think, a symptom of uh, the disease of alcoholism is there's denial all around you. Yeah. There's people all around you that think that they can help or that they can. And I was one of those people, even having suffered from alcoholism myself, knowing how it worked. I thought if I love him enough. Wow. Yeah. You got introduced to your codependency. Right. I thought if I just show him how much I love him and I devote my entire life to to this guy, he's going to get sober and we're going to be fine. And it was all about, I think, underneath it all was just like he was so close to dying every time he drank that I got to relive that experience of not being able to save my sister. So every time he survived another relapse, I got to be I he would call me a hero, his family would call me an angel, and I was getting all of this like it's all very self-centered even though it looks on the outside like selflessness. Right. It's yeah. very self-centered. And, and also like that makes sense the the sort of like loss thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and but I when I I got introduced to my codependency like you know seven eight years ago I mean I was sober a long time twelve years or whatever yeah. and, and I got into a thing with a woman who I just I couldn't see the reality of it and I just thought I could help her but I'll tell you when I stopped liking that when I when I woke up I woke the fuck up same it happens like that yeah and you're like I am done right <laughs> oh yeah yeah and it was it was that. It was that night that we we'd gotten in a fight and I had uh, I was running away from him. I tried to slam a door. Yeah. Right. To like close the door before he was chasing after me. His hand got stuck in the door. Yeah. He came through, just whacked me and I fell to the floor. And I um, I remember it was like New Year's Eve of 2012. Yeah. Or 2011. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was 2011. And I woke up. Like, I just, I I remember him being like covering the door so that I couldn't leave, right? That was the first thing that he did after he hit me was to hot, was to get in front of the front door. And so I immediately was like, oh, this is like, he doesn't care at all about any, anything. And I, of course, there were so many signs that that was obvious before, but it was like, that was the thing that made me see it. The violence. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I just decided, and it wasn't the first time it had happened, but it was the first time it had really hurt. Mm. And I thought, okay, well. What were you able to do? Just so you, In previous times, you're like, well, he was just drunk kind of thing? In previous times, I would find a way to blame myself. I would ah. find a way to, to go, well, you know, I got in his face or I did this or I like. Oh, man. There's always something where I was like, I wasn't, I wasn't an angel, you mm, know? Yeah. And, which I wasn't, but still, it was like, you, yeah, you don't if, you don't have to like, yeah. Hit. But I didn't get it, you know. I really. Well, but didn't. It's, what's sad is that like that is the script of all of them. Yeah. Of all domestic abuse. Yeah. They find you. Right. Turn you out. Right. Without you know not even knowing it's just a dynamic that occurs. Yeah. And then the, you live in it. Yeah. Until you get really hurt or get out. Right. And it was. I think to me, I still to this day am really grateful that I had that experience because I would it would have taken I don't know how much longer for me to fully heal because all of that 
was so wrapped up in the trauma of my graduation, my high school graduation and all the events surrounding that, that I just, I don't think I would have dealt with it. You know, I had to deal with those things in order to deal with this because I had a therapist who was like, it's not about him. Mm. This is has nothing to do with him. And all my focus was on him and the relationship and what was happening there. And he was like, this isn't about him. This is about you, mm. like wanting to be a martyr or a hero and um, and your guilt, your mm. toxic yeah. levels of guilt. Wow. So so that so that became the key to doing that work. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. comedy. Yeah. And then comedy really just comedy just happened because I was like, I don't have anything else I want to do right now. And this just seems like a fun idea. And then you started in New York. I started in New York. Where? At a Metropolitan Room open mic. I don't know. It was like this like random little open mic on 23rd around there. Yeah. Um, And they would just have these little, it was like six or seven people. Yeah. It was tiny. Right. It was a tiny open mic lights on everyone yeah you could see everybody's face yeah you knew exactly how they felt yeah about your jokes yeah and i remember got getting a laugh and thinking huh that was fun yeah right and then just being like i'm gonna go back and do that again yeah tomorrow yeah and then being like i'm gonna do that again to the next day and then kind of picking up on the the whole narrative of if, the new york narrative of like if you really want to do this you should do it every night and so right. i i thought Oh, then I'll just do that. Huh. And it was never like I'm going to create a life out of comedy. I just really had a lot to talk about. Yeah. I just had a lot to say. Right. And I'd been through a lot and a lot of healing and a lot of pain all at the same time. And I had no pride left. And I thought, well, this this is kind of perfect if you don't have sure. any pride. Yeah, yeah, you can just go up there and, uh, you know, uh, like there is, but there is something cathartic about forcing yourself to frame things comedically. Yeah. You, you know, like like if you have the compulsion to put yourself in, in situations that compromise you, mm-hmm. and also you have a sort of a, a slight shame addiction, it's it's perfect. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it felt to me like really redemptive. Yeah, because you can win in a moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I just thought every time I do this, it feels better. Yeah. And when it feels bad, I'm used to that. Yeah. So who cares? But it's also but it's also manageable because yeah. if it feels bad, you still have control over that with stand-up. Yeah. It's like uh, Harry Shearer said, the reason people try to, to do comedy is so that you have control over why people laugh at you. Right. Right. So even when it's going bad, as awful as it feels, the context is pretty limited. Yeah, you know, this is happening now. I'm failing. Yeah, and and I and it's 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 here. Yeah, and I'll get through it. And and it's kind of this beautiful thing where you terrible you have to keep. I mean, I I'm in a place today where I feel like it's just great. But but I got to tell you, yeah, I mean the the whole like me not having any pride like most of the pride that i have today yeah is around comedy and it's like i gross myself out sometimes with the what you say no i mean well not really <laughs> but i do gross other people out <laughs> yeah but 
Yeah, there's times where I walk off stage because I'm a dark comic and I yeah. go, did I just take comedy from them? Yeah. Did I just sure. take it out of the room? Yeah. yeah, what did I just do to those people? What the fuck did I just do? What did I make them pay for? Yeah. Yeah. And and how masturbatory am I and how f- I fucking hate myself after a set that doesn't go well because it's like yeah. you just went in and told them sad stories. <laughs> you yeah. dumb bitch. Right. I, I, I literally like just- It's a fine line between sadness and funny. Between yeah. Sad, I believe me. I, I def- like I definitely yeah, lied Yeah, you that. get it. I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm one of those guys where, well, I remember years ago and I, I was doing comedy when I was starting out in Boston and some guy, I don't remember, he was a journalist of some kind, literally came up to me after a set and just looked at me, you know, very earnestly said, why comedy? <laughs> <laughs> That's the most hurtful thing you can the, say. The best. That is so. <laughs> but he was, he was right. I'm like, I, I couldn't answer it. I don't, I, yeah. I don't know sometimes what I'm doing up there and now like I'm working out a new hour and I don't know. You know, some of it's heavy, man, and yeah, and I, I have become very sensitive to the quality of of laughter. Mm-hmm. Like I know what laughter that sad is, yeah, and I know what you know just relief laughter is, yeah, and what entertain laughter is. But you do kind of go after that laughter that could be crying, yeah, like that that kind of like weird like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like yes. that's satisfying but i'm not sure it's a great experience for the audience but uh, you know okay. here's how i think of I it i think there's so much um it's i think it's very easy to be entertaining as a not not that it's easy to entertain yeah. the act of entertaining is not easy yeah but i think it's easy to exist as an entertainer yeah easier yeah, I don't know how to do it though. I mean, I think maybe you're right, and it seems that way. But I, I, it's not like I've tried it, and I'm, it's not for me. Yeah, like I don't really. I mean, I know how to be entertaining in in, in a moment impulsively. I can, you know, do voices and right. you know jump around, and I've done it uh, in bits and stuff. Yeah, but it's not my first intention. Right. You know, like, let me take you away from everything. I'm here to entertain you. Yeah. It's sort of like uh, we got to work through some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm glad you guys are here. Yeah. You yeah. Know, maybe I, I don't have to yeah. drag people through my problems. Right. You know. I mean, I never felt like... I got into comedy when I was 28. Yeah. Um, so I, w- I was like... And I'd been through a lot already. Yeah. And I just... I already had shit to talk about. Yeah. And I also was not interested in wasting any fucking time. Like, I was like, if if I'm getting serious about this and I'm slowly starting to... When I make what, the decision now? to no, I mean, well, yeah, yeah kind of. Yeah. But when I realized, oh, this might there there might be a path here for me that isn't just like yeah. a way to escape my day to day. And your husband's a comic. Yeah. And you guys what were locked down together? Is that how it worked? Yeah. Well, I mean, you we were, were boyfriend. Dating. You were dating, and then lockdown happened, and then it got it added like you you had a three year thing in a year kind of thing. Kind of, but yeah. we were we're two sober addicts, so we okay. like move quicker than lesbians. Right. We're just like, sure. let's yeah. move in together, let's right. get married. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he had been sober about six years. I'd I'd been sober about twelve, mm. and um, so I am better than him. Sure, and, of uh, <laughs> and winning. <laughs> and we just, I also just knew when I met him, I was like, this guy is a guy that I can. Whatever's going to come up, we yeah. can work through it. Right. He had the language. He didn't seem perfect. Yeah. At all. Yeah. He wasn't um, my type. 
Mm. There was no, I didn't even want to like him, to be honest. That sounds like a a relationship made in heaven. Sounds perfect. And I just, I was like, I don't, I don't think this is it for me. I don't want to like this guy. (laughs) I don't, he's not, he's goofy, you know? And, and then we, Every time we hung out, I was like, I just, I want to be around him. I feel good around yeah, him. Yeah, oh, yeah. I feel so happy. Yeah. And so silly. Yeah. And he brings out this like goofy side yeah, of me, but I can yeah. still be as, uh, as sinister as I, as I truly yeah. right. feel um, yeah. sometimes. And yeah, I, I had just never felt that kind of freedom to be myself. That's really oh, what that's it, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what it came down to. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So this special is the first special? This is the first special, yeah. Whiskey Fists. Whiskey Fists. So are you, like, do you have to retire this hour now, or are you touring on it? Um, I don't know. I never know what to do. I always go with these sort of like, well, it's on TV, it's over. I Listen, I, I, I struggle with that because I'm like, half the stuff, the, the demand for content now, yeah. which is what they call jokes, they call content. Everything's content. Um, yeah. We, they, everybody's on to you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah go right. ahead. Right. They all know so much about- You think like, they do, but sometimes- They don't. act like they do. Yeah. And they, I mean, I have people like DM me when I'm mentioned on another podcast and I'm yeah. like, this is gross. Like, I, I, of course I want to hear it, but <laughs> yeah. but like, it's this weird thing where they're so inside the world yeah, yeah, yeah. of- And the audience members now go like, good set. I'm yeah. Like, Where'd you learn the language? I'm like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. It's this kind of <laughs> like, um, you know, there's a demand to do an hour every year or whatever. And it's like, that's a demand for comics that are more skilled than I am. Like, I have to keep remembering, like, I've been yeah. doing this for 10 years, almost and this is the one. This one took you 10 years. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, years, like, it's not quite right. I mean, you know, you, you, you build at your own pace. But even for, for me, well, I don't know. I'm jamming through this one because I, I, I was out for a There's year There's a now. lot. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, but I never know where it comes from. And I, I don't think it's a matter of where you are as a comic. It's just it's finding the freedom to talk. That's right. It. You know, it's just a matter of, you know, it. I know people say every year, but if it seems like you've got it for real, the comedy bug, so you'll you'll do it. Yeah. No, I mean it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um you don't know how or where or when or I don't yeah, I don't really know. But you will need to do new material cuz you'll just hate the shit you're doing. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean I right now even as I'm on stage like <laughs> yeah. and during the pandemic even, yeah. I would be like touring the hour yeah. and I would be in the middle of a fucking horror show of a like pandemic audience yeah outdoors indoors yeah they, it was all like midwestern places you know people that were like oh i've never heard of covid i don't yeah, know what that is yeah, yeah. um and <laughs> i would be having a full existential did you get it? uh yeah i did get it yeah i got it after the special i got it after my vaccines oh really yeah how I long got did a breakthrough last? case um like not, a day now, now you're supposed to tell me like i, I just found out yesterday no like yeah <laughs> <laughs> just earlier today oh, yeah, um yeah. <laughs> no like it, w- it lasted like uh a day uh-huh. and i just thought that it was the i thought it was the side effects from uh-huh. the i was like these people are fucking lying about these side effects these are killer yeah these yeah. are fucking bad yeah and then i found out i had covid oh wow and i huh. was like oh i had covid in my system with no symptoms and then i got the vaccine and boom huh everything sort of ramped up and then died off. And I was with my husband. We were doing comics, Mohegan Sun, 
And uh, I know that place. I, I looked at him and I told him when we got back that I had COVID. And he goes, that's weird. We like made out and like th- there's no. Well, he was vaxxed too. He was vaxxed too and he never got it. Mm. So That's nice. Well, also, yeah, good. Like, it's good you didn't get it, and it's good that the vaccine works, and sorry for your luck. Yeah, thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> sorry for your luck is great. So, all right, so when do you go back to New York? I go back on the 18th oh, of this wait, month, and tomorrow I'm going days. to the, um, tomorrow's the 15th, Yeah. so that's my wedding anniversary, and yeah. I will be spending it opening for Michael Che at uh, his special taping. Where's that? That's at the Fox Theater. In San Francisco? Francis- no, Oakland. Oakland. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've played that place. That'll be fun. You can't call Oakland San Francisco. No, you baby. can't. Flip out. Oh, that'll be good. Yeah. I like that guy. I've yeah. never interviewed him. He's never out here. He's so fucking, he's literally one of my favorite people. Yeah. Um, and he would hate to hear that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's uh, I he kind of reminds me of Norm a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. He's like that, uh, whatever your expectations of him are yeah he's not gonna like that you have those yeah and it's, he's gonna surprise you anyway yeah yeah well it was good talking to you great talking to you too thanks for doing it thanks for having me that's it there you go satan's granddaughter rosebud baker uh comedy central stand-up special whiskey fists can be seen in full on comedy central's youtube channel the podcasts that she hosts, Devil's Advocate and Find Your Beach. Oh my God, I'm sore. Let me try to wrap my fingers around my new guitar. My shoulders hurt. I need a nap. Fuck, man. I got this soreness in my side. 58. It's happening, people. It's happening. Just remember, we all get sloppy in the end.
lives. Monkey and LaFonda. Cat angels everywhere.